All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, commish the Denver Desert Dog on a 12-game run. Uh, but everybody in the league knows that. You're on a 12-game run? Yeah. That's Shane Stein joining me tonight. Um, it's been absent for a little while, but it's Ed's birthday today, so we're giving him the day off. Shane, is it good to be here? Great to be here, Matt. Happy birthday, Ed. Ed is 29. So next year is the Dirty 30. We're a young uh, pup. Yeah. Um, Ed, also, two-game win streak. So a lot of winners here on the pod, usually. Shane was good, like, the first two years in the league. Um, but more importantly... I totally forgot that this has been absent from the podcast all year, um, and I talked to Spears yesterday, and he told me to tell you he misses it, so do you have any trivia for us? I do. Uh, I was a, I was a little ill-prepared. I kind of had forgotten about it. Uh, now I feel bad that I've been missing it, because it's a big part of the show. <laughs> um, but we'll start, out, we'll start out simple this year. Um, Try to take it easy on you. We can't really go Stump the Schwab style. <laughs> I was going to say, are we doing Stump the Schwab style? Because uh, we only only got one person answering here. Right. But uh, I was watching Eddie George of Football Life earlier, so we're going to have a running back-inspired question tonight. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I know you love your running backs. Um, I like two of them in particular. <laughs> want to see how close you've been following the running back position so far this year. And let me know if you can name... The 12 RB1s so far for the Sons of Fantasy Football League. All right. I guess this excludes the games that were played, that was played last night. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start off with Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley. They are, no surprise, one and two. 27.3 for Kamara and 27 for Todd. Those guys are good. Those guys are pretty good players. Kamara has more than 27 points. Average. This oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was going to say. He had like 40 in week one. <laughs> yes, that's what they're averaging. All right. Um, so let's think around the league here. Uh, the leading rusher in the NFL right now is Matt Breida, so he's got to be on there. He is number 11, averaging 15 points a game. Okay. So that's three of the 12. Um, let's go with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's number eight, sixteen point three. Okay. David Johnson is not on there. Um, Saquon Barkley. Barkley's number five, 19.3. All right. How much did you say Brita had again? 15 a game. All right. Come back to him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's number nine, 16.2. Okay. Who else is on the claim? Oh, Melvin Gordon. He's been a monster. Two guys tied for ninth, just so you know. That's why Breed is 11. So. Okay. Melvin Gordon. 
Melvin Gordon is third, 25.9. Okay. How many do I have left? You have five left. All right. Steel curtain. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna guess Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde is not on the list. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, it was excluding that last night's game. Yeah, I know. Might sneak in there after last night's game. I'm not sure. Okay. But he's not on the list. All right. Um, Phil Lindsay's got to be on there. Phil Lindsay's number twelve. Yep. Oh, take your ball and go home has an RB1 on their squad, despite what other people might think. <laughs> yeah, I'll argue that point, but that's fine. Um, 14.9 for Lindsey. Bullwheels running out there. Freeman's not. Tevin Coleman might be, though. Tevin Coleman's not. No. Okay. Uh, what about Isaiah Crowell? Not on the list, either. No. Oh, uh, Zeke was the one I was going to come back to. Yeah, Zeke's number seven. 16 points. Still solid. Yeah. I I don't know about Dalvin Cook. Or, I didn't guess Drake yet, did I? You did not. Drake. Drake is not on the list. Okay. I just don't know about Dalvin Cook. I don't think he's on there, though. Um... One of the... the Oh, James Conner, obviously. Three left. One's pretty easy. James yeah. Conner. James Conner. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is not on the list. Oh, man. Alright. Um, last one I can guess, I guess, would be... Uh, God, this is bad. Adrian Peterson? Peterson's out. He's uh, 14. Alright. Go ahead. Give me the rest. Uh Someone that was told that was not a keeper last year. Chris Thompson, again. Oh, yeah, he's good. 18.8. Still not a keeper, but he's good. And then Austin Eckler is number nine, tied with Christian McCaffrey. That's gross. Yeah. All right, good question, though. We start after week two. That's where we're at in the running back landscape. I like Gurley and Kamara. They're good players. Is that good to have the top two guys on your team? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, All right, so we had a trade happen. Uh, Papa Kaz gets Rex Burkhead and $3 draft cash for next year for Kyle Rudolph from the clan. Um, I'll just give my quick synopsis of this deal and then I'll spin it over to you. Uh, I like to steal for Papa Kaz and for Fegley, more for Papa Kaz, mainly just because I think having a multitude of running backs is more important than having a multitude of tight ends. Both players dealing from a position of strength here. Uh, Fegley with a pretty good stable of running backs. My dad with uh, tight ends Rudolph and Jimmy Graham. So it was going to be tough to make that call every week between the two of them. The other bonus for my dad here is he's the Sony Michelle owner. So I think he gets the handcuff now. I mean, James White's still going to carry value regardless who the first and second down back is in New England. But I think it's Burkhead or Michelle um, for the for that spot so my dad now has both shares of that so I think that was a a good move for him and being able to get three dollars on top of that it's a minuscule amount of money but that's a good move too so uh 
Patriots with a slight win, but I understand both sides is my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to give the pass a slight edge in this one too, but I don't know that it's a a deal that's going to move the needle too much like we talked about before. So, um, but anytime you can trade kind of like a middle-of-the-pack tight end and still get cash in the deal, and I mean, I'm going to probably be on that side. I mean, it's always tough choosing in the Patriots' backfield sometimes. Yeah. Um, or what's going to happen, who's going to be the guy that week. Um, so Burkhead's kind of a can be a risky play, but he's going to have his weeks, I'm sure, where, where he's definitely a, an RB1 caliber player. Um, you just, it's just whether or not you can pinpoint those weeks. Yeah, um, it was a glaring hole on Fegley's team, though, after losing Delaney Walker. So, yeah, um, he had to go get somebody. Uh, just disappointed it wasn't him calling me for Gronk. So, yeah, I mean, he has three, four running backs on his team, and two of them that are, are pretty solid starters right now. Um, didn't really have a need for Burkhead on his squad. So, I like Breida. Breida's here to stay this year. So yeah. I'm, I'm in on that dude. Think so too. Um, so that was kind of value add there by drafting him and made Burkhead expendable. So uh, Fedley also making headlines. He was the top bidder in Fab this week, spending fifteen dollars on Tyler Boyd. Next closest to six for Boyd. Uh, funny story. I can never tell if Phil's being sarcastic when he's texting me, but. He made a comment. Uh, he was really happy to get Fitzpatrick. He felt like people were probably... He said, I bet everybody in the league put a bid in for him. And Phil was the only person that bid on Fitzpatrick for $12. So, um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> that he went out there and did that. Uh, Ice Cream gets Deshaun Jackson. The clan spends $8 on Jesse James and then trades for a tight end. Uh Savvy bid by Spears to get Jackson. He goes a dollar over Eddie for Jackson, eight over seven. Phil also won the Browns D bid. I was a little annoyed about that because I really wanted them, but I should have bid like I wanted them then. Um, but no, I mean my dad gets both the Lashawn McCoy handcuffs for a buck each. Not a whole lot of action on the waiver wire this week, but uh, still some interesting things to talk about. I think. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this from Phil in the past, not being afraid to go out and spend a lot of fab money on a quarterback filling for a week. Because um, Patrick's the hot hand right now. And obviously he wanted him pretty bad, and he went out and got him. I mean, we've seen even bigger bids from him in the past, I feel like, on, on quarterbacks where we're we're kind of perplexed. But the way Patrick's playing right now, got a pretty good matchup this week as well. Um Gotta expect another another solid week out of him the way they're playing. Yeah, I think he'll have a good game. The perplex the perplexing thing for me, I guess, is and don't get me wrong, Phil's in, you know, season saving mode right now. You don't want to start out 0 three. So going out there and doing whatever you need to do, I understand. But I don't feel like you can make a week two or week three twelve dollar bid on a quarterback when you spent the second most amount of money on a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't go out there and break the bank for Russell Wilson and then go get Ryan Fitzpatrick but um, Wilson's struggling that's another bad football team so um, again I understand it's just unfortunate circumstances for him yeah I think that what he's seen I mean 
the Pittsburgh defense is pretty poor. They can't and tackle. They're terrible. Obviously, the way Fitzpatrick's playing, you got to expect that he's going to have another 20 to 25 point week at least. Yeah. In a primetime game. I mean, at home, you got to love it. Yeah. I uh, can't really sit around and wait for Wilson to get hot. Like, I feel like we think he probably will. Totally miscalculated the Tampa Bay team. Uh, I'm not saying they're good, but they're a lot better than I thought they would be. And saw something on Twitter today. Jameis Winston jerseys are selling for 30% off in Tampa Bay malls. So they must know something that we don't. I mean, I, I went on the record before the season saying I think they're going to be better with Fitzpatrick because I just think he's better. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's a better quarterback than Winston. I don't, I don't know that Winston is as good as we all think he is. No, he's not. Everyone thought he was. Um, I, I feel like Fitzpatrick's obviously he's playing a little out of his mind right now. I think it comes obviously comes back down to earth, but I mean, I, I feel like the guy's been a slightly above average player for just about every time he's gotten an opportunity. All right, um, let's move into the week three matchups. We'll start off with the aforementioned Seawolves against the birthday boy, Eddie Mitchum, and the Steel Curtain. Um, Eddie just doing a great job with having handcuffs. Uh, This week, he loses Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook to injury. They both are out this week, and on his bench, Latavius Murray and Giovanni Bernard. So, what do you expect from uh, Murray and Bernard this week? I think they're both pretty good matchups. Both probably must plays in DFS, or at least you'd have to at least consider those two along with uh, Corey Clement if he's the guy in Philly this week. Um, big game for those two guys, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, normally it's it's hard for me to say, hey, I'm expecting a big game from Lat Murray, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, if it's going to be a matchup, it's probably going to be this one, right? Um, Buffalo's pretty pretty terrible. Um, he should get a full workload. They should be winning. Um, Got to expect that he's going to get RB1 numbers. Even Matt Asiata could put up a couple touchdowns in this matchup. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> what about uh, not, Gio? Not as excited about Bernard. Uh, I think the Carolina, Carolina defense is pretty solid. Um they did get beat up a little bit last week by Atlanta, but I think Atlanta's a little better offensively um, than Cincinnati. I'm not not as high on Bernard, but the workload obviously should be there. And I'm going to be more a little more conservative and say maybe like 10, 10 points for Bernard. Okay. Um, Cincinnati is a team I'm definitely watching this week. I did not expect them to be 2-0. and I thought they'd be... One of the worst teams in the league this year. I think I totally miscalculated them. They look pretty good. I'm not going to yep. sit there and call them an AFC contender yet, but uh, they're definitely an AFC North contender. So uh, let's move over to the Seawolves. Finally starting Smokey John Brown this week. I feel like he has a good matchup against Denver. How do you feel about John Brown? You are the John Brown hater on the podcast. Yeah, um... Obviously, never really been a big fan of John Brown's game, but been off to a pretty solid start here this year so far. Obviously, got a little decent connection going with Wacko for Flacco. Um, the Ravens' offense as a whole looks looks to be a lot better. At least appears that way. I mean, maybe a matchup with Buffalo can, can do that to start the season. 
Um, I think they played a tough defense in Cincinnati last week, but um, I'm going to reel it back a little bit on John Brown this week and say he comes back to life or back to back to earth and puts up his typical <laughs> three catch, thirty seven yard, something like that. <laughs> so you're expecting more of a if Cedric Benson was a wide receiver type game. Yes. All right. If Cedric Benson was a wide receiver, he'd probably do like 10 catches for 42 <laughs> yards, something like that. Um, is there a case for Juju Smith-Schuster to be top 10 wide receiver this year? Um, I think there's a real outside case that he finishes higher than Antonio Brown this year. It certainly looks that way, doesn't it? I Certainly. think people are going to have to focus. They focus too much on Brown, and Schuster is super elite. Yeah. Um, Schuster is uh, a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I thought he would be good, but I, I didn't think he would be this good. And uh, I'm going to put it at there's like a, at least a 33% chance he finishes ahead of Brown. Yeah, I think so too. Bye. Um, that team's a circus. We're just a disaster, a disaster of a of an organization. We right can now. talk freely about it with no Steelers fans on here with us, but it's bad. Just a clown a clown show over there. Yeah, that's they can't keep anyone under control. Uh, Four I, players in the Monday night game uh, for the Seawolves. Both quarterbacks in that game uh, will be playing. Roethlisberger for the curtain. Fitzpatrick for the Seawolves, so Monday night's going to be very important in this uh, this game. Yeah, sure is. I got to feel like that's the game you want to have your guys in. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking at it on paper, you got to figure that both teams are getting to thirty. <laughs> you would think. It certainly certainly looks like it's going to play out that way. Um, th- I just feel like, and this is just maybe it's just me knowing Phil's luck over the years, like. This is just the kind of game where, like, maybe we get like a Monday night clunker where it's like sixteen, thirteen, <laughs> nothing from his. Looks like a gold on paper, and then it just turns into to nothing. But I, I don't know. I mean, you can't go wrong having Fitzpatrick, Barber, Connor, Schuster. Yeah. I mean, prime time game. Um, both teams got good starts last night. As we get here to picking a winner, Seawolves get twelve from their defense. Uh, Steel Curtain gets 28 points from two players, tight end and flex one. So both teams have to be happy with what they got last night. It's just going to be if they can keep it up through Sunday and Monday. Um, I'm going to take the Curtain to win this one. Where do you stand? Yeah, based off the, the start that Carlos Hyde gave them. I mean, Joku didn't do much, but getting 23 from Hyde off out the gate. And I like the matchups for the Curtain. Um, I feel like their guys are playing some especially the running backs, Murray, Drake, playing some pretty weak teams. Yeah. I think they get it done. I think so, too, which would send the curtain into a 3-0 and record uh, getting ready to play the Desert Dogs next week. So let's move on to the next game, the Bull Weevils against Take Your Ball and Go Home. Bull against Stein. Um, we'll start off with Bull's team, underdog, two-point dogs to the Take Your Ball and Go Home. Interesting. Um I haven't had a chance to hear your thoughts on Kenny Galladay. Um, let me get, let me hear what you have to say about this wide receiver. Is he another guy similar to Schuster that's in line for a full season of a breakout? 
certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's been pretty special so far. Um, seems like he has a really good rapport with uh, with Matt Stafford. I mean, you can't complain with the game log. Game log seven for one fourteen, six for eighty nine. The score. Um, obviously, the targets are there. Seems to be more of a focal point. I mean, before it was the the Jones and Tate show, and it seems now that Galladay stepping into more of a a number two receiver, even number one receiver type guy. They're still doing a good job of spreading out the volume. I think uh, Tate's been good and Galladay's been good, but Marvin Jones leads the NFL in red zone targets, so it's interesting. Um, you know, Jones has always kind of been that touchdown guy, but. Galladay getting more of the inside the 20s volume uh, that Jones used to get. So definitely another situation to monitor there. Uh, I just feel like they're not even paying attention to their tight end position. So it's almost like Galladay's just taking Ebron's targets away. Um, but still, no sign of a running game in Detroit, which just that position's cursed ever since Barry retired too early. But Absolutely zero. I mean, they might as well play with that one. Carry on Johnson looks good at times, but yep. they just continue to like theoretic. There's a place for that type of player. I just don't feel like he has that skill set anymore. Like there's a place for the Chris Thompson, uh, Alvin Kamara guy that touches the ball through the air more than on the ground. But Riddick's just so like slow. It, it, I don't know, just not good. Yeah, I just I mean the compliments are like they don't have. <laughs> I mean, they're just missing a back that can do both, and it's just so. I feel like it just makes them so predictable. Yep. <laughs> you can't put Legarrette Blount in the game and expect him to be like going out there catching passes out of the backfield. Yeah. And obviously, you can't have Riddick in the backfield and expect him to be trying to run off tackle for for five yards. And yes. It's just, I don't know. They, they just don't have anyone that can really do both. Rashad Penny, RB two this week for the Bull Weevils. Is this the first time all season and maybe the last time that you feel like you have the advantage in the running back two spot? It really is. <laughs> it might be the only only time this year that I do. This is, I mean, look at the running back matchups in this in this matchup. This is poor, isn't it's it? It's horrendous. I mean, Phil Lindsay, Wendell Smallwood, Marshawn Lynch, and Rashad Penny. That's what we're going to bat with. Yeah. I mean, over under on total points out of those backs. Like, it's got to be... 20 You'd, for all yeah. of them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you get double digits from any one of those four guys, you're ecstatic. Yeah. yeah it, Would it you be. start Derrick Henry, though, over Rashad Penny? Uh, at Jacksonville. <laughs> just, I mean, got to feel like you could probably expect man, the same output from either one. It's kind of a kind yeah, of just, just shot in the I feel like Henry's going to get at least 15 carries, and I don't see that for Penny, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there should be a little more volume for Henry. Maybe Henry punches one in. You think so? Maybe. I'm not saying, but I feel like he has a better shot than Penny. Yeah, you're you're probably right there. All right. um, You're back to Ben Watson at tight end. How'd that happen? What was the question? How did that happen? Um, I mean, I'm kind of just flipping a coin, and Atlanta's got some injuries in the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. There's going to be some passing. I feel like Keanu Neal being out. Um, there be some openings for, 
for Watson in the middle of the field. Hopefully, just I mean, at this point, just trying to get five, six points from <laughs> like that. It's a win. You had you're in two leagues with me, three leagues. I don't know who you played in the Berkshire League, but two leagues. This one and Ed's Dynasty League, and then. Uh, Fanduel, and you played Antonio Gates in all three of those leagues last week. <laughs> I sure did, <laughs> but I thought he was going to get one get one in the end zone. Yeah, um, I like the Philip Dorsett pickup. What are you expecting from him? I think this could be like fifty plus for New England here. Matt Patricia is really bad. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, I, I was excited that Dorsett was still there. Um, I wanted to pick him up last week, but they were playing Jacksonville, so I didn't really want to waste a spot. I wanted to keep all my running backup running backs that I had in my bench just in case that I could hit one with an injury or something. So I was glad to see Dorsett was still there. It looks like he's, for the time being, going to get fed with targets. So um, might not be putting up huge numbers, but good enough, obviously, for my team in a, the flex two spot to be a guy that's going to get six, seven, eight targets a game. Yeah, you're either going to feel really good about it this week or you're going to drop him completely. I have no idea how this Josh Gordon thing's going to work out. Um, but I feel like they they would be a similar type player Yeah. Um, in this offense. So it's, that's just what remains to be seen there. Yeah, and just, just based on New England history, I don't think Gordon is much of a factor. But, I mean, they're going to want a guy that's going to come in and, and you got to build a little bit of chemistry before before they're going to throw you in there and, and you're going to be a factor. So, I mean, I don't think Gordon is much. Yeah, I think this is uh, an absolute ass-whooping by New England, though, <laughs> Sunday night. So, they're, they're going to be a little upset about losing to Jacksonville. I know I made the statement on the podcast last week that that game doesn't really matter to New England. They'd rather win it in January than win it in September. But you could tell watching that game, they still wanted to win that game. Yeah, they um, sure but, you know, well, I, it's more of the fact that I think on Monday when they all regroup for meetings, no one's hitting the panic button because they lost that game. It doesn't change their competitiveness on Sunday. Um, but I think they're going to take a little bit of this out on, on uh, Detroit on Sunday night. Yeah, I, I, I was a little shocked. The spread. I saw the spread. I think it's only seven, um, which has me I, – I feel like New England should win this game by 21. Yeah. Patricia is lost. Absolutely yeah. clueless as a head coach. So, uh, Who wins this one? T-Bag or the Weevils? Got to pick a winner. <laughs> Man, I feel like this is like a loser leaves town match. I mean, if I start out 1-2, and two, Bull starts out 0-3, whoever loses this is kind of really in, in deep as far as making the playoffs. Um, I'm going to take myself, though. I think I win close. Just trying to look at these matchups right here. Um, I'm going to take Bull, but I'm, I think it's close, like you said. Um, I like all his wide receiver matchups this week, so that's the only thing. And um, I like Kittle as well. I think Garoppolo is a definite fan to play this week. So I like both of your matchups about the same. Um, just given the slight edge to his guys. so I'm going to say I actually think this one might be a little higher scoring than you think. Yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a close one. I think you guys are pretty evenly matched, but I think you both have decent weeks. Yeah. All right. 
next game. Let's go to Abuseman Park against the Fleetwood franchise. Sure, against Ty Storms. Start off with Sure's team. Uh, 10 point favorites here. 10.6. He gets 7.7 .7 from Quincy Anuma last night. Um, how concerned are you about David Johnson? I feel like this is girly 2016. Yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, uh, Arizona's a pretty bad ball club. Um, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned. I, I'm concerned to the point where I don't know that he's going to end up being top an RB one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely not looking good there. I think I I was talking. I forget who I was talking this about. Maybe Spears yesterday. Um, I don't know if. When they make the move to Rosen, I'd like to think it gets better when they do. But uh, I just don't know. There's no offensive creativity there. It reminds me so much of the year Jeff Fisher had Gurley and Goff. So. Yeah, I mean, this this really could be a lost year for him. Yeah. Be a Who would you play in the flex two spot? Uh, Noom already ran out. He's got Keelan Cole in there right now, but I think there's a case to be made for Crabtree and Shepard. Yeah, I mean, those those three are are all kind of like a toss-up for me. Um, I think the way that the Baltimore passing game is going, I think I'd go with Crabtree. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. I think the way that they're throwing the ball, um, Flacco actually looks okay so far. Um, I think Crabtree might be the safest bet out of those three. I would agree. Uh, I like Crabtree this week. I think uh, him and John Brown, one of them is going to have a pretty good game. So, as long as they can keep Flacco upright, that's the only thing you have to worry about with Denver. Uh, all right, let's move over to the franchise. Uh, did no player in last night's game. How confident can he possibly feel starting the Chargers defense this week? Yeah, you can't like it. Um at the Rams, I mean, obviously, I think the truck is going to be okay season long, but the Rams' offense is just explosive right now. They're yeah. just so good. Um, Got to be pretty modest in your expectations there. So, uh, I don't know if he has anyone that he really want to drop, but doesn't look like it. But I would have considered picking up someone else. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to make a little case here for you. I want to know if I'm talking crazy or if you're on the same page here with me. So, Alex Smith, I like Alex Smith as a fantasy quarterback, but weeks like last week are the reasons why you can't own Alex Smith as a fantasy quarterback. 13 points against Indy in what should have been a cupcake matchup at home uh, against the Colts. Um plenty of weapons for Alex Smith in that offense. No reason to put up 13 points in that game. I'm okay with Smith being his guy here for a little while, but I think the franchise have to be the ones that go out and get Baker Mayfield this week in fab bidding. They've had a keeper problem every year they've been in this league, and I don't see anybody in the league really breaking the bank for Mayfield think they might be able to get him for a good price and I just think there's something special about that guy so 
Yeah, obviously you've been the, the biggest Baker fan yeah. uh, on the show. You've, you've stated that many times, that you're a big believer. Um, you had to be pretty psyched about the... He looked the good. He did look pretty solid, didn't yeah. he? He was, uh, looked, out, looked like his arm was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was shocked at how strong his arm looked. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Alex Smith this week. I have no problem going against Green Bay secondary this week. I think he can move the ball. You can put up a good week, but I mean, overall, I just feel like eventually he's going to be more the reason you probably lose some games than he is the reason you win some games. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with him week to week too. I just feel like it's, it's so hard to predict the weeks that he's going to have good weeks. Like there's there just never seems to be a rhyme or reason for why Alex Smith has a good game. I mean, he's just I mean the epitome of the word conservative. He's just a conservative. Sort of guy, and I mean, I would, I would have no problems with him being my quarterback in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think he, I think he does a great job. I think he's smart with the football. He doesn't turn it over. Doesn't make dumb mistakes. But uh, I mean, fantasy wise, I just don't know that he's the guy that's gonna win you too many. That's kind of what I'm looking for from my quarterback. Yeah. Mayfield has a ton of weapons around him too. That team is that team's not far from being a playoff team. No, they're they're loaded with. They talent. should be three and out. Yeah, they're loaded with talent, and I mean, you, you have the first, second pick every year. I mean, you should be. I mean, you should be getting good players. I mean, they haven't really turned that into great draft picks in the last five years or whatever it is. But I mean, they they have some talent on that squad, and I actually think I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win five, six games this year. I agree. Uh, who wins this one? Park versus franchise. I am going to go with the park. I'm going to take the franchise here. Um, I just don't like... I don't, Anuma didn't do enough last night to move the needle. I don't like Cole. And even if he puts Crabtree in there, that's not outstanding. Um, I have a hard time feeling like the Giants can with this offensive line keep Ingram, Barkley, Shepard and uh, Beckham fantasy relevant and I just feel like Ingram and Shepard are going to be the ones that are the guys that hurt the most from that because Barkley and Beckham are just going to get their touches they have to <clears throat> so Jones and Breeze are really the only two and obviously I like Zeke but that offense needs to do something else too so like a lot of the matchups on the franchise side of the ledger, a little better here this week. So I'm going to take them in an upset. All right. Uh, next game. Let's go to Team Ice Cream against the Mad Dogs. Team Ice Cream with the big 160 point effort last week. 8.2 point favorites this week over Eddie's favorite team in the league, the Mad Dogs. Um. I finally understood why Micah was sending emails. I guess he couldn't see the power rankings. So I know he emailed that out today, but still wanted oh, to. Put little, what? A little confused. Yeah. What was going on? I wanted to put him in his place a little bit there. So, hey, Micah, another thing. You graduated, so you can get a Gmail email address like the rest of us. You don't have to use your Albright one still. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Ice cream favored by 8.2 in this matchup. Patrick Mahomes. Time for you to eat some crow, my friend. 
Sure is. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that this had a chance to be a disaster, and uh, looks like it's going to be the exact opposite. We got some showtime going on over there in Kansas City. Andy Reid pulling out all the tricks. Um, Mahomes looks like uh, going to be a perfect fit. <laughs> With this dude's arm talent, it's impossible to cover Hunt, Watkins, Kelsey, and Hill on every play. Yeah. So, as long as he makes the right call, which I think is what everyone was worried about, is was he going to be able to make the right decision with the football? Um, as long as he continues to do that, this team's going to hang 30 spots every week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly, it's it's still early a little bit, and obviously teams don't have a whole lot of tape on him yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, but it, it certainly looks like it's going to make Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey just about impossible to yeah. cover. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, certainly those two, I think, are going to be the big beneficiaries, um, and that's what it's been so far. But, yeah, those two are going to be so tough to stop. And even if you, even if they, as they start figuring them out, I, I, I still think this offense is going to be really tough. Yeah. Um, kind of remind – Spears made the comparison. They kind of remind him of the uh, 99 Rams. With Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, Azahir Hakim, and Marshall Falk. So, rookie Prol. Yeah, rookie Prol. He was on that team too. Yes, he was the de facto tight end on that roster because there there wasn't one there. So, yeah, I like Mahomes this week. I think he'll have a nice game. I like both quarterbacks in that matchup. Mahomes is also the highest priced quarterback on Fanduel this week, eighty nine hundred. Seems crazy that we've gotten there already, but uh, that's where we are. So, uh, what did you think about the Deshaun Jackson ad? We kind of glossed over that in the waiver wire. You think he's got staying power, um, or is he just kind of flashing like Deshaun Jackson has always done? Um, I think he's just flashing, but as long as Fitzpatrick stays the quarterback, I think there's definitely flex value there. Um, I'm not sure that. If Winston comes back, that Jackson is even rosterable. But with Fitzpatrick being the quarterback, I think he is. And obviously they seem to have good chemistry so far. He's, he's trying to get him the ball deep multiple times a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously exciting. All you got to do is hit on one of them um, for it to be a good week. And that's what they've done so far. <laughs> it's been kind of in- encouraging. I think last year I was actually in on... Uh... Deshaun Jackson, I liked him opposite Mike Evans when I still thought Jameis Winston had talent. Um, And then he just had such a bad season, you almost had to feel like maybe he had lost it and he didn't have the, you know, the foot speed, the ability to break away and do what Deshaun Jackson had done uh, in the Eagles uniform. So it was nice, you know, I'm not a big Deshaun Jackson fan, but it's nice to be able to see a player of that... um, that level still maintain that talent. So I thought it was a good pickup for Spears, and he's just in the business of riding the hot hand right now. I mean, Devontae Parker, he's got nothing from Wallace and Olsen are out, Marlon Max out, so he just really needed to fill, and um, definitely a good guy to fit that, that team in the flex spot. So I thought that was a good add. Move over to Micah's team. Um, how concerned are you as our Patriots expert with Chris Hogan? Um, not all that concerned. 
No. It's early September. Um, takes the Patriots a little bit to get going. Um, I, I think Hogan will be fine. I, I'm not. I wasn't expecting huge things from him to start the year, so I guess maybe that my, my expectations were a little tempered already. Um, obviously, the only guy that I really love. I mean, I love Edelman and Gronk. <laughs> yeah. Once Edelman comes back, it goes back to being the Edelman and Gronk show. Um, but I, I think Hogan's a fine flex play for the time being until until Edelman gets back for sure. Just feel like they've they've now gotten to the point offensively where there's too many players. Like you can't sustain Hogan, Edelman, Gordon, Gronk, Dorsett, Michelle, Burkhead, and White. Like yeah. it's just impossible. Yeah. So some of these dudes are gonna have to drop off and. Once Edelman, Gronk, and that running back trio are there, I feel like Hogan's a real prime candidate to not to uh, to not be what we thought he would be. Eddie and I were both really high on him. Um, there's still going to be weeks where they don't unleash Gronk, similar to last week, where it just doesn't make sense to risk it. Um, maybe Hogan steps up in games like that, but I just don't think it's there week to week now. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um... I don't know. I just don't see. I mean, he's more of just like a matchup kind of player to me. I mean, he's not a guy that you're going to consistently be like, all right, I know what I'm going to get from this guy. It's going to be matchup dependent where he's. Some weeks he's going to put up 20 points, and then you're going to get a lot of weeks where he puts up four or five. Are you pushing the panic button if you're an Alex Collins guy? Um. No, I feel like it's been kind of a weird start for Baltimore. Yeah, I do too. Kind of a weird start. I mean, you get the Buffalo game where you're winning by 40 right away, and then you get a quick turnaround in the Thursday night game where you can't really take, you can't really put a lot of investment in whatever happens on a Thursday night all the time. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna panic yet. I still think Collins is the guy. I I agree. Uh, I'm still in on Collins. I have him in one or two leagues, and I'm good with it. Uh, who do you got winning this one? Um, I'm going to go with the Mad Dog. I think they're really good. I'm going to go with Ice Cream. Uh, I love Corey Clement this week, and he's got three pieces of that Kansas City offense. Then McCaffrey has a good game. Um, so I'm going to stick with the Ice Cream to win another one. I know I said they were on a horrible team, but they're just getting some fortunate circumstances right now. We all know what tight ends can do against Pittsburgh, too. So, uh, if O.J. Howard just gets on that Gronk plan, little forearm shiver seam route, uh, you know O.J. Howard could have a good game Monday night. So, I'm going to take uh, take ice cream. I think it's a close one, though. These, these teams are evenly matched again this week. This seems to be I don't know if it's just the league is evenly matched or if things are working out uh, <clears throat> with the schedule that it seems like the games have been relatively close. Clan uh, against Hammer. Fifth game of the week. Butler against Fegley. Starting off with Butler's team. Um, Muhammad Sanu and Randall Cobb in the flex this week. How do you feel about those two guys compared to Tariq Cohen, Jordy Nelson, Jamal Williams? It's just bad. It is. 
um, really, really just <laughs> it's tough to come up with the words that I want to say here for, for his decisions. Kind of like my team, I mean, at the least I know it's at my running back positions where I got to fill um, those two flex spots. He's just literally throw a dart and hopefully you get lucky. Yeah. I honestly think I might be leaning towards Tariq Cohen if I was. Yeah, I like yeah. Cohen. I, I would probably lean towards him as well. Jeffrey yeah, Ke- should be back soon, so that's a good thing for this team. Yes. Um, but he's got to get a win here this week. Can't start out 0-3 uh, with the way Fegley and Mike have been playing in that division too. So, uh, Tom Brady QB won this week? Yeah. Yeah? Why not? Okay. Why not? Yep. Got to figure primetime game against his, the old coordinator. Uh, sounds like 320 and four scores to me. 320 and four. Nice. I like it. Who would you play a quarterback if you were the clan? He's got golf in there right now. I'm going to uh, play a strong lean towards Garoppolo here. I, I think it's almost got to be Garoppolo, to be honest with you. I mean, Goff's obviously played well so far, but I the Chiefs defense has shown that they really can't stop anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and they give up a lot of big plays. Um, i got to think that Garoppolo hits it on at least one or two real big plays, and they puts up a real nice week, probably 20-plus. The Chargers are also not the Raiders and, and Cardinals, so... A little tougher matchup for golf this week. Correct. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I'll go Jimmy G. With the way Fegley has started so far, um, how much do you think he has to be kicking himself for that $50 Royce Freeman bid? Yeah, that one hurts, huh? Because that, be that could be a huge player that was actually good. Yeah, that was a, it's looking like it was a pretty big miss so far to this point. Um, a lot can change. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could be talking here in a couple weeks and Freeman could be the, the standalone guy. Yeah. Uh, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but for the time being, it looks like he's not going to be that workhorse back that, that people were expecting him to be. Um, so, I mean, obviously you could turn that 50 bucks into – some elite talent, and the way the rest of his team is shaped up, <laughs> he's maybe one or two, one player away from being right there with you and, and Ed at the top of the league. Yeah. I will take the clan to win this week, though, despite their $50 player being on the bench. I will take the clan as well. Butler favored by two points, though, um, even with the two-touchdown game from Isaiah Crowell on Thursday night uh, for Fegley. So, interesting that Fegley's guys, real low projections. Butler's a little higher. Um, I know the projections don't mean anything to you, but you got to at least talk about them. <laughs> well, I know who they do matter to, and that's Kev. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, yeah, be... he's going to feel like he should win this one this week. Yeah, he's got to be thrilled that he's uh, favored by two points right now, especially after Crowell going off with the two touchdowns last night. All right, the game of the week. The Cos Fam rivalry. Uh, Patriots against Desert Dogs. Uh, rematch of the 2015 semifinals. Still getting, I heard, 
Still getting yelled out about picking up running backs. Rumor has it. <laughs> yeah, still still worried about picking up running backs in that <laughs> 2015 playoff run. Um, rumor has it, though, that they're going to be raising banners for 20, from the 2017 season in Denver and St. Louis this week. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. The trophy's, the trophy's sitting right behind the iPad that we're talking on. My name's on it twice. Yours isn't on it at all, so. Got to be co- co-banners being raised this week. And, and I'm uh, riding a 12-game win streak dating back to last season. <laughs> haven't lost since week five of 2017, Shane. <laughs> I know you haven't heard that yet, but. Uh, good 17.3 from Jarvis last night. Uh, love me some Jarvis Landry. He was blessing him all over the field Thursday night. Um, how do you feel about me having Eric Ebron in my flex spot right now, running the two tight end set against the Patriots? I feel uh, like it's like, like paying homage to <laughs> Jack Doyle out this week. Ebron seems to be the red zone target. Hilton's banged up, so I like Ebron this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're paying homage or just like trying to stick it to the league, saying I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Been by thirty, um, but no. I mean, I, I, I like Ebron this week as well. I think there's there's some question marks in the Philly Philly pass defense right now for sure. Um, I think they get they'll get it figured out eventually, but there's certainly some some questions there. Um, so I kind of I don't kind of don't mind Ebron this week. True or false? Gronk scores a touchdown this week, and Gronk spikes, and the ball bounces and hits Patricia and knocks his stupid backwards head over, off his head. Uh, well, the first part of the question is absolutely correct. Gronk for this week. <laughs> that is, there's no one on Detroit's team that's going to be able to stop him from scoring. <laughs> so he will get in the end zone on a Sunday night game. Um, we'll see if we'll see how far the spike. See if it hits. <laughs> I can just see Patricia looking at his Denny's menu that duels as a play card and being like, "Oh, I don't know how we're going to stop this guy." I don't know. <laughs> Um. All right, let's move over to the Patriots. Notice how we never talk about Gurley or Kamara on the podcast. We never do. <laughs> That's done on purpose. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, questionable with an injury, questionable in life as well at Minnesota this week. Would you start LaShawn McCoy if you were Papa Cause here, or would you be looking for some kind of a switch up here? Uh, yeah, I, I would be looking to get McCoy out of there, to be honest. It's hard to say that. Um, the problem is I don't know who you would fill in with. <laughs> He'd have to get someone off the wire. Or um, I've heard people saying this is the Sony Michelle game. This is It's such an easy matchup that this is the game that he, he breaks out. Yeah, I mean, I honestly might not even be opposed to running the two tight end set right back at you. Throwing Rudolph in there. Well, he just traded him yesterday. But yeah, that's right. He's got Burkhead back. Yeah. My fault. Um, yeah, in that case, man, I, it's tough to take Lashawn McCoy out of your lineup, but i got to figure that that is going to be just a really, really shitty game script. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know he catches passes out of the backfield, but I feel like this could be just an absolute thumping. I don't think anybody foresaw the Bills being this bad this year. Um, they were a playoff team last year, and they took Jacksonville to the brink in that first game of the playoffs. Uh, they did. Make a quarterback change. 
Um, and you just see how much the offensive line's terrible. You just see how much that change in quarterback um, matters. They do look better with Allen in there than Peterman, so I'll give them that. But, like, 17-point dogs in Week 3, that's unheard of. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for my dad, too, because McCoy, he thought, well, I thought, everyone thought he stole him for 32 bucks. And this may just be a lost season for that guy. Yeah, that's why, I mean... McCoy can't have too much left in the tank either. He's almost yeah, got you a... can't afford lost seasons when you're in your 30s as a running back. Yeah, and then, I mean, with everything going on outside, with the yeah. investigation coming up, pending, and whatnot, I mean, we could be seeing the final days of Shady McCoy. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. He hasn't really been a guy I've enjoyed in, in the league. So, Jordan Howard, I think, is due uh, for a big game here. He's been okay. Uh, left a little bit to be desired against Seattle. Caught a couple passes that kind of salvaged the 14 for 35 game. Um, we saw Gurley have three touchdowns against Arizona last week. And I forget who Arizona played uh, Washington in week one. So, so far against running backs, they've given up 44 points in week one and 37 in week two. Um, so that just, again, Butler has to get Cohen in his lineup, but Jordan Howard has to be uh, the guy that doesn't hear for Papa Cause this week if he's going to knock me off. Yeah, he's definitely got to get big weeks from from Howard and Stafford's got to show up, um, in my opinion. Um, but he's got he's got to get twenty five from Jordan. He's got to be a big week from Jordan Howard. Yeah, uh, he's going to stay in this one. Um, clearly, we know what we're up against. Your team's really good. Um, you gotta, you got to get guys that are going to get in the end zone and, and get some big weeks across the board. Um, Jordan Howard's definitely got to do that this week. All right. Do the Desert Dogs make it 13 straight? No reason not to pick them. No reason not to. They're uh best team in the league right now, so no reason not to pick, not to pick the Dogs. Yeah, I'm going to take myself, too. Um, I'm a little perturbed about my flex spot this week. I'm not excited about Peterson. Not excited. I mean, I like Ebron this week, but obviously not excited about starting a tight end in the flex spot. Uh, just can't go there with Corey Davis yet and uh, Mike Williams. I I had Mike Williams in most of the week. I think he actually might do some things here against the Rams because he's kind of the tight end in this offense. Can I ask you? Are you when is, when is the time to? Is this week the week that Mike Williams kind of starts making the money that he's getting paid? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm excited about Williams. I know I was annoyed that I bid 16 bucks on him on draft day, um, but I've liked what I've saw seen so far. They didn't really need him against Buffalo, but he still caught the touchdown, and he had a nice bit of garbage time against Kansas City, five for 81. So, um, oh man, breaking news on the podcast. Got it. Kevin Butler is locked down. Just got engaged. Off the market. Congrats, Kev. It's been a long time coming. Savannah has the absolute best dude in the world. She's the real winner here. She is. Congratulations. Congrats to Kev. Uh, Can't wait for that wedding. I'm sure there'll be a couple uh, Labats thrown around there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but back to Mike Williams. Um like Mike Williams. I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. And Aaron Jones coming back. Things are trending up. We're not going to see Adrian Peterson in that lineup for long. So, 
All right, anything else? We're going to avoid the two-for-one special because that's an Ed thing. Bold predictions. We're going to try something new next week. So if we have you on the podcast, just so you know, um, I'm going to generously give myself, you, and Eddie $1,000 of fun money. And we are going to replace bold predictions with player prop bets. So you're going to be able to put some of your $1,000, three, three bets a week for prop bets. I still have to find the best place to get prop bets online, so we're all looking at the same thing, but I'm working this out. Um, and then we'll see all year who has the most fun money at the end of the year. Awesome. So that's the new segment, Replacing Bold Predictions. Um, it will require us to do a little bit of homework before the podcast, too, which is... Oh really desired so probably a good thing we probably need that yeah alright but this was fun I'm glad that we got to uh, talk about week three it's been a while since uh, we were able to sit down the pod and talk football you and I so give Ed it's been a big day September 21st Butler's engagement Eddie's birthday a week after your birthday so been a uh, been a big one. Sure has. All right, man. Uh, signing off for Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, the Commish. Thanks to Shane for joining me, and we will get together next week to preview Week Four.